0: Welcome to the Men of Magic, an interview podcast that gets into the lives of your favorite Magic the Gathering personalities. With your host, Robert Martin, and now the Men of Magic begins. Welcome to episode 50 of the Men of Magic. I'm joined tonight by someone who is a part of the winning Community Cup team this year. She's from Florida, where it seems like a lot of the next generation of great Magic players come from. We're talking about Community Cup champion. Michelle Rovers.
1: Hey, what's up?
0: Well, let's talk about the Community Cup. woo <laughs> There's a lot of things to talk about. It's a campaign done by people to get you into there. You have to be nominated by the rest of the community to get in there. What was it like when you found out that you were selected for it?
1: Um, I was definitely really surprised because I know I'm still kind of fresh to the um, MTGO community and stuff like that. Like, I just... Recently started writing on the, um, Wizards of the Coast community site and stuff like that. So I was definitely surprised that someone or multiple people went out of their way to nominate me to go. Like I'm still surprised that I was chosen and I like, I pretty much danced and like jumped around the house for like three days straight when I found out.
0: How did you get notified by this? Was it an email? How did that happen?
1: Yeah, they actually just sent out an email, so it it wasn't like anything too crazy, like a golden letter or a golden, like a golden note that we found or something. They actually just sent us like a pretty you know reasonable email, and if you didn't look twice, you might not have caught it. So probably the best email ever.
0: They fly you out there. They take care of all that wonderful stuff for you. What did you get to see when you were there? Did they take you through the building? Did they kind of give you that secret tour you're not supposed to talk about?
1: Yeah, they did. We actually did have a tour. It wasn't like a super secret tour or anything like that. But um, it's very rare that you actually get to walk around, you know, Willow Wonka's factory. (laughs) We actually got a tour of their offices and we got to see like the pit and all this like crazy stuff. They actually have these huge uncut sheets of beta hanging on the wall. And when you think about, like, how much money that is, just, you know, sitting there on the wall, it's kind of surreal, and all us like, took pictures next to it, but it was definitely really kind of amazing.
0: How much time did they give you with them just to talk to them?
1: Pretty much all throughout, like, the week, we were actually surrounded by an array of people that worked for Wizards of the Coast. So even at dinner, we would just randomly be sitting next to, you know, Mark Rosewater or... B-Sharp, and it was definitely kind of the semi-surreal, neat kind of experience where any second you'd be like, oh, I'm talking to someone that I've respected for like 800 years. So it was definitely really surreal, but pretty freaking awesome.
0: What was the best question you got to ask?
1: I actually asked, well, we actually had like this question answering kind of thing that happened, and so we got to ask a lot about like the new um MTGO UI, and I was kind of like the one person who didn't, like, specifically ask about that. I actually asked about what was their favorite thing about their job, and the responses were just so neat, and, like, you could tell that they actually genuinely, people that work for Wizards of the Coast genuinely love their job. And so it's really hard not to be like, oh, my gosh, like, how awesome is it? Like, you have a job making an awesome game, and you actually really like it.
0: So they're not your typical eight-to-five grinders that, get up, slave themselves to work, and come back home grumbling.
1: Yeah, it seems like they actually really like their job. When you think about like what you do every day for work or anything like that, it's kind of like, oh, I'm going to go work, and it's going to suck, and then I'm going to come home. They're like, oh, I'm going to go to work, it's going to be awesome, and you know what, I'm going to stay late because my job is awesome, and then I'm going to go home, and it's still going to be awesome.
0: Luis talked about the duck boat trip, and he said how incredibly awesome it was, and it was just a weird way to go through the city. Were you on that trip?
1: I was so excited about the duck tour. You have no idea. The day that we got in, um, it was actually the day before the duck tour. And the whole time, pretty much, duck tour, duck tour, duck tour, duck tour. And I could tell everyone else around me was like, why is she so excited about the duck tour? But it was definitely a blast. It was Captain Bob Blah was like this really awkward guy. And he kept saying, like, my gosh. And he was just so strange and like we're riding around in a boat car ship thing and it's just kind of like a little embarrassing. We got to see like a lot of Seattle. Um, I think one of my favorite parts was actually, uh, Bing Luke who's a writer for, what's it called? Uh, Star City Games. Mm-hmm. And so pretty much he picked Bing to test out the life jacket pretty much and like explain how the life jacket worked. And like Bing's face was like so uncomfortable in this whole experience that, like, it's, like, forever branded in my mind, like, that pain that he had. I mean, like, the one person that, you know, had to have, like, this weird, like, life jacket thing put on him. Because he's, like, such a clean-cut, like, lawyer. So it was just so uncomfortable, but it was definitely very funny.
0: It looks like what this has done for you is it's garnered you some great magic community relationships. It seems like you and Marshall are constantly going back and forth on Twitter about stuff. And be with the group, and then realize that you guys kind of all got along.
1: Well, I was actually a little nervous going into the Community Cup because I didn't really know anyone that well that was selected. And so I was worried because in the Magic community, sometimes guys can be a little awkward to female players. And so I was worried it was going to be like this really awkward thing. But everyone was so socially adjusted. And so when we actually got there, everyone was just instantly like, oh, hey, what's up? This is awesome. You know, and so um, we actually had a draft the first night we were there, and it was, like, this really great kind of, like, icebreaker. And so then we're all put in this, like, this strange situation, but it's, like, a lot of fun, and we all have a lot of things in common, specifically magic. And, you know, we all got picked because we really like working with the community, you know, helping the community any way that we can. And so... We actually all meshed, like, so well, and it was such a surprise, and everyone on the team was so nice, extremely nice.
0: Draft that night. Can you give me another moment to you outside of the duck boat that was just something that we might not have heard about that was really special?
1: Um, Actually, I don't know if a lot of people have talked about the dinner that we had the first night, but it was actually a lot of fun. We went to this restaurant called Claim Jumpers, where we had, like, these huge, crazy portions of really good food. But we all pretty much had to stand up and kind of introduce ourselves. And, I don't know, it was just kind of surreal, because you're sitting at this table with, like, you know, I think it was, like, 15 people. And we're all eating, like, really amazing food. We're all there for magic. And it was, like, such a happy experience. You know what I mean? Like, it was just kind of surreal at the same time. You know, because you just got off of a plane for, like, five hours. You didn't expect, you know, to be sitting in Seattle with a bunch of people doing, you know, playing Magic against Wizards of the Coast. You know, you you never expect that. It was just crazy. But it was definitely a blast.
0: In your profile, you talk about being competitive in all sorts of games. What is the draw for you for Magic?
1: I definitely like the fact that every game is going to be a little bit different. Like, even if you're playing the same deck, the possible outcomes, I mean, you're either going to win or you're going to lose, but the way you get there is always kind of a little bit different. And I just really like being able to use my, you know, use my mind and say, okay, I have all these cards in my hand, like, what am I going to do to make it so I'm going to beat this other person? And I just, I really love the feeling of, you know, laying a hand out there and just ruining someone's day. I know that sounds terrible. But I just love you know saying, "Hey, you know, I worked my butt off to play this game, you know, I wanted to outplay you. you know, I might have gotten lucky, but when it comes down to it, I still won, and I just love I love winning. I hope that doesn't sound bad. that doesn't sound bad, right?
0: no <laughs> At any kind of competitive level, you have to feel no matter what the matchup is that you in your mind, know you can win. What is your preferred game style of play? Drafting, standard, popper?
1: Um, I'm actually a huge fan of limited and standard. And I actually, um, for the longest time, I would actually go to uh, my local card shop, which is Jack's Card Singles, and I would seriously just grind playtest hours and hours with my friends. And then we would go to um, like local tournaments, like, um, you know, let's see, like, just anything like tcqs just any little tournament anywhere and we would just go and we would just grind them out like i know for like two months we would go to like one tournament a week f&m but then we'd also play test like four days and so it was kind of nice hopping into mtgo because i didn't have to leave my house to go play test which is kind of really nice because i like to look nice when i go outside i like to you know make sure i'm showered and like cleaned up and so when you're on uh, Magic Gathering online, you don't even have to brush your hair, you know? So it was it was like this really kind of refreshing sort of change from going out, 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 to being like, oh, you know, instead of driving 15 minutes to my store, that's like a whole extra match. And so I just found that I was just grinding so much more standard online and just really loving it. But I'm actually a huge fan of limited play, specifically drafting, because I feel like, It's a lot of fun to open packs. Like, I absolutely love opening packs. Like, I can open booster packs, seriously, all day, and I'd be completely satisfied. Don't even give me food. Just give me booster packs, and I'm happy.
0: Do you get that same kind of rush doing it online when that first pack opens in your set and you're able to stare at the cards put out in front of you?
1: The one thing I miss is actually the smell of booster packs. Have you ever smelled, like, like opened a booster pack and, like, smelled it? Is that weird?
0: No, (laughs) because... Back in the day, they used to make baseball card packs with gum in it. And when you'd open it up, you'd smell the gum. So, yes, I understand exactly what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, and so I kind of miss that aspect of, like, drafting in person. But, yeah, I still, whenever I see that little pack, like, you know, click open, I'm like, yes, like, I'm so satisfied right now. And maybe I have low standards, but that's seriously, that's all I need in life is opening booster packs and I'll be a happy girl.
0: Is there a favorite draft set?
1: I definitely like drafting um, Scars Block. I don't know. There's just so much variation in what you can do. And there's just all these, like, cool bombs you can open up. And I just – I like how fast the format can be sometimes or how slow and how you can draw games. And I know when we were doing the draft, the very first draft – not the very first draft, but the first draft against Wizards of the Coast at the Community Cup, I know – I kinda got land cut a little bit and so, you know, I was able to hold out for like six rounds until I finally drew a land and I just I kinda like that aspect that like you can still be a little bit controlling if you want and blue is kind of fun and strong. But yeah, I definitely like Scars Block a lot.
0: That's interesting because most people find Scars Block very difficult your favorite color to cut into if you're drafting.
1: Definitely blue. I've always been kind of this huge fan of like flying creatures. And I kind of like the idea of like these big giant flying dinosaurs that like, you know, can pop up anytime and you can do like neat little combat tricks and stuff like that. And I also really like red because I kind of like fast, aggressive playstyles and I like removal a lot. But lately, I've actually been drafting a lot of blue-green, and it's actually the same thing I drafted at the Community Cup against Wasee with blue-green flying dinosaurs. And, I don't know, it's just a really fun kind of combination to go with. And, I mean, I've drafted, like, when Scars first came out, I drafted Scars and Mirrodin probably, like, once a day, like, every day. And I kind of got burnt out on it. And so with the Siege coming out and the New Phyrexia kind of, you know, revamped my love of limited play.
0: <laughs> yeah, who, it is. Who fun- put those <laughs> packs together? <laughs> uh,
1: Mike Robles, the community manager of Woods the Coast, brought them for us, and it was the funnest draft ever. Like, it was so goofy and just, like, a great time. Like, I, I built this, like, really insane, like, mono-white, like, deck with just all flyers, and I just flew over the, you know, the opposition. And it was, it was, like, a really nice 3-0 situation that I had going for me, and like I seriously, this will be one of my fondest memories from the CC. But smashing Marshall, you know, uh, from limited resources, smashing him in draft two nights in a row was awesome. I will. It was, it was a lot of fun.
0: Well, speaking of Marshall, you know the whole situation about the limited resources, right?
1: Oh yeah, about um, his fellow. Um, like, host actually getting a job
0: at with Wizards, Wizards
1: of the Coast. Yeah, at and they actually drafted against each other the very first day. Like, they were their first matchup. Uh,
0: he's still looking for a co-host. I'm wondering why he is not having you be one of the people that he is contemplating have to do this. Because we've spent ten minutes just kind of scratching at the surface of Limited. And it seems like you could do this for hours. I'm just curious if, if that would be something you'd at least like to at least be on a show with them with?
1: I've, I've talked to Marshall a little bit about it, but I kind of have some things on the back burner that I'll probably be announcing a little bit into the future, so I can't really talk about it yet. But I'm, I'm definitely going to be popping up probably another time on limited resources, because okay. I know casting with him was definitely a lot of fun. But I have some things going on in the background that I can't talk about yet. Um, I know... It might be pertaining to another possible podcast coming out. Okay. So I can't give it away yet. but
0: I won't bug you about it. <laughs> There's but, some
1: exciting stuff coming out. I'll just say that.
0: But that's something that is fascinating. It It just seemed like a perfect setup. Chat back and forth on Twitter. Now, you're obviously doing this podcast tonight. You talked about wanting to do podcasting or stuff like that. Is there a lure about doing podcasting that, is the reason why this is happening?
1: Um, I definitely really like the sound of my own voice. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just kidding.
0: That's only Tom. <laughs> Tom's the only person who likes the sound of his own voice. <laughs> From in, I mean, Monday Night magic.
1: <laughs> I just I'm really passionate about magic, and I think, you know, podcasting is a really great way to kind of, you know, reach out to the community, and I know it's a great way to get people interested in magic and stuff like that. And I really think it's been such a great experience that me being able to just talk on a podcast is also a great way to give back a little bit. Like I hope people are like at least having fun listening. You know what I mean? Maybe even learning something. So there's just, I don't know. I just really enjoy it. I guess maybe because I, I am a woman and I do like talking like a little bit, but it's been a lot of fun meeting people through podcasting. Cause who doesn't want to talk about magic?
0: One of the things that, I was kind of shocked about when I read through the Community Cup coverage was it almost seemed like it was easy for you guys.
1: I think the thing that made it kind of easier for us is because I know since if you work for Wizards of the Coast, you're actually not allowed to participate in sanctioned play. And so I think when you're, you're only personally playing in a casual environment consistently, then... You know, we're playing in formats like standard where the more you play, definitely the more experience you have with the game. And in drafting, you know, if you're casually drafting, it's, it's a lot different than if you're playing for, you know, packs on the line, if you want to go infinite or something like that. And so I think it's just when it comes down to it, you know, they might design the game and they, they do an awesome job, but maybe they're not playing as much as like we are. Because I know some of us play a lot, like probably a little too much. Instead of, you know, per se, going to class, we might happen to, you know, stay up all night and draft four or five times. You know, so I think it's definitely, you know, when you have a job, you might not want to do it all day. You know what I mean? You're surrounded by something all day. You don't want to exactly, you know, sit at home and then do it more.
0: You said you like to go to different tournaments and participate on a higher level. I've noticed based on your profile here, you went to Star City Open Orlando.
1: Yeah. Um, it was my first big overall magic event was actually uh, Grand Prix Dallas. And then since then I've been kind of addicted to going to these big tournaments and, like, meeting people and playing and competing. I haven't had any really good finishes yet. I've always been kind of ended up, like, even, like, 3-3, three, three, 4 and stuff that. But I feel that bad because – for the longest time, I was just kind of like a casual player. And it wasn't until a week before Grand Prix Dallas when I was like, you know what, you know, I'm having fun with this game. Why not, why not try to take this game and my love of this game farther? And so that's when I really decided to kind of like, you know, I want to get good. And I know Magic is not the type of game where you instantly get good. You need like a lot of practice and a lot of experience. And, you know, sometimes you need people to be like, hey, you're not playing that right. This is what you should do. And so I know compared to a lot of players, I'm definitely a little bit behind, especially on the amount of time I've spent on the game. And so I've just been kind of having a blast, like, learning how to not suck, if that may learning <laughs> learning how to not suck at the game. And hopefully, you know, I do end up doing really well. Like, I know, um, I think her name's Carrie Oliver. She was the the lady or the the woman that placed really well at Pro Tour Nagoya, I think, like, 30th something, right?
0: Yeah, and going into that final day, she was, like, 12th or 13th, I believe, with a very good chance of making top eight.
1: Yeah, and she was just kind of, like, really, you know, like, I want to be inspirational like that. You know what I mean? Like... For a woman to go into a pro tour, and she actually won her, like, first PTQ and stuff like that. And before that, she played, you know, Duels of the Planeswalkers. Like, that is that is really inspirational to – that should be inspirational to anyone, not even just women, just just even men who are interested playing the game and getting good. You know what I mean? It just shows that, like, you know, you can get good at this game, and it can take you to crazy places.
0: With using her as an example – now, Grand Prix Dallas isn't Grand Prix Dallas –
1: um, yeah, it was Grand Prix Dallas this year, so it was a couple months ago, actually.
0: Did you happen to have to buy any cards when you were there? You
1: no, know, I'm kind of addicted to being really prepared. Okay. So I, I knew what deck I wanted to play. And so, like, a week before GP Dallas, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna play Balakit. Like, it's a fun deck. It's pretty consistent. You know, this was before, like, this was right as Cobblade was really kind of being annoying. And so I actually only faced Cobblade once out of, like, eight matches, and so it was definitely such a, like, I think Grand Prixs or any large Magic events are a really good experience for any level player.
0: When you first sat down at your first match, and there were 700 and some odd people there, what was that moment like?
1: It was a little surreal, but I kind of thrive on competition, and... I was just really pumped up to actually play some magic. I just wanted to swing some cards, have a good time, learn as, like, learn as much as that I, I could. And I felt like I learned so much, just like little things that you need to know. Like if you drop all your cards on the floor, you shouldn't just reach down and automatically pick them up. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're supposed to call a judge and just just like little things that you wouldn't know unless you kind of went and experienced it.
0: Okay, what was the worst experience about being there?
1: Um, During one of my matches, I was just, you know, I was really kind of concentrating. I was, I think, like, I think I was, like, three and two at this point, And so I really needed to win to stay in it. You know what I mean? And so I'm sitting there and I'm playing. And this guy, like, comes up in the middle of a match. He's like, hey, what's up? And I'm, like, playing in my match. Like, what else would I be doing? And he's like, so what are you doing, you know, later tonight? And I'm like probably still playing magic and he's like oh well if you're not doing anything you should uh, come talk to me later we can maybe set something up i'm like um okay and I, it was just so awkward for me and my competitor and like we were like looking at each other like what what exactly is going on right now because i didn't you know i didn't really expect it to happen something like that in the middle of a match you know what i mean so it was just kind of like it didn't put me on tilt but i was like you know don't hit on people in the middle of matches. Like, that's not that's not okay. If you're if you're a girl hitting on a guy, don't do it either. In the middle of a match, it's a terrible idea. It's just going to throw people off their game, and it's going to be awkward for everybody. But uh, I think it helped me because I ended up beating my opponent just because he was probably so weirded
0: out. Well, I'll go there, actually, <laughs> since you brought that up. Magic is a very... But it does seem that when... A female is there, they get treated differently because, well, they're not expecting it to be there. And it just seems like these people have never, don't understand that it doesn't matter who you are. You're just playing magic.
1: Cause I don't want, cause I know when I sit down across from an opponent, like, I'm not like, oh, this is like some dude. I just think, you know, this is the person I need to beat. Like, I don't care if it's a girl or a guy, I just want to win. And like, I'm the type of person that, When I play someone, I don't want them to be thinking, oh, it's a girl. Oh, it's a girl. I want people to be thinking, oh, I heard about this person, and they actually know what they're doing. I don't want to be remembered for the fact that I'm a girl. I want to be remembered for the fact that I actually know how to play the game.
0: I think by you recalling your stories up at the Community Cup, I don't think you have that problem to worry about. When you have some of the best players and some of the best people in the Magic community, and you don't get treated like that. I think that's a perfect description of where you're at right now with yeah. your game. And that's something right... Th- What's next?
1: Well, I've, I've been really enjoying blogging. And I, I kind of have, like, these strange stories that I like to share with people. Like, you know, getting hit on at a Grand Prix, like, that was really awkward. But I hope that you know, I explained it in a way, especially on my blog, that was actually, like, hopefully entertaining, or at least a little funny, and so I definitely want to keep blogging for the community, and hopefully I give, you know, everyone at least slightly entertaining stories, you know, and, you know, I definitely want to keep podcasting, and definitely, you know, talking to cool people like you, and, you know, just just hanging out, and I definitely want to compete more, like, I just... I want to go to tournaments, and I want to do well, and I want to win, and I want to beat people. That's that's pretty much all I think about is how can I beat someone in Magic? Like, all day, that's all I think about. You know, and grocery shopping, I'm like, okay, so if I'm playing red deck wins, how am I going to beat someone who's playing, you know, maybe mono black control? Because I know the format's changing right now, and there's all these crazy cool deck lists coming out, and I'm just, it's pretty much all I think about right now is just brewing deck ideas. I know they might not be the best, but... I just want to compete and have fun.
0: People laughed about six to eight months ago when a fellow podcaster named Smitty from the A team talked about all these crazy decks and try this, try that. And all suddenly, Matt Marr took one of those, quote, crazy decks and almost finished in the top eight of GP Singapore. Never run away from your own creative ideas on how decks go. If you have an open mind to magic, there's no limits on what you can do. But I want to talk about the bannings. When you heard about the bannings, what was your first thought?
1: I definitely did cartwheels all over my house. I was so excited. Like, after going to so many, like, local tournaments and F&Ms and just, you know, playing as much as I can, like, I was so tired of playing in these like, you know, eight hour matches or watching, you know, a top eight that never ended because, you know, everyone says Cobblade mirror matches or Call mirror matches are, are like playing chess. And like, I don't play magic to play chess. You know what I mean? Like, I like laying out crazy card combinations and just having like a good time. And it really felt like to me that like the fun factor of it was kind of taken away and I could definitely tell that people weren't having as much fun and whenever I sat down you know if you would play like an island it would just be like oh great I know this is never going to end you know what I mean and so it was just so exciting to know that like people are a thing all these crazy new deck ideas and you know I'm, I'm like a huge fan of the frexing Obliterator and that's like the first thing that I thought of after, <laughs> after the banning I was like I hope someone creates a crazy awesome mono-black control deck list. Is
0: it mono-black, or is it because of the amount of dual lands that are available to you, can you run black-blue? I
1: just I just really like the idea of just, you know, like, uh, mono-black control, you know, definitely with a little bit of, like, not a little bit, but a lot of creature removal, you know, uh, hand disruption. Like, I don't really care about blue as much as just making, like, this super sick mono-black deck list. I don't know why, like, it just... Just having, like, a deck list where all I need is swamps is really exciting to me. I don't know why. It's Maybe it's the thriftiness speaking, but knowing that I don't have to go buy, like, special lands, I can just play, you know, a white rim swamp would be just so awesome.
0: The one fun thing about putting that mono-black deck together is it leaves you an awful lot of options. Do you have that on paper somewhere?
1: I don't have it on paper yet. Um, after the Community Cup, I actually had to go straight into finals after missing a week of school.
0: Ooh.
1: And so, and so I was kind of burnt out, and so I've been using the last, like, couple of days, or actually, like, week to recharge. Um, I know I still have a lot of blogs to write about the Community Cup, and I actually did video interviews with people during um, the modern days, and so, like, I still have to, like, format those and edit them a little bit, and so... Like, I've just been kind of surfing all my favorite, you know, magic websites, hoping someone will just do the work for me. Because I'm not going to lie, I love I love it when a good deck list goes online and I'm like, okay, I can change four cards with this and be happy. You know what I mean? <laughs> maybe Maybe I'm just lazy, but that definitely appeals to me.
0: There's nothing wrong with looking at someone's deck and saying, this is a great core idea. And that's one of the fun things about Magic, at least to me it is. Where is the next major tournament you're going to try to get to?
1: I think the next one is actually, uh, there's going to be a Star City Open in Atlanta. Um, I'm not sure what day it is, but I know I think it's in like a couple months. And it's only like a four-hour drive for me, and that is so appealing. Because we actually drove to GP Dallas. And that was a terrible experience. Like, it was so terrible. Like, sitting in a little... We actually rode in, like, this little yellow, like, you know, economy-sized car. And it was me and, like, three guys. And, like, even though it was a lot of fun, you know, when you're sitting in a little car, like, things get a little smelly and just, you know, just kind of, like, uncomfortable. You know, it's hot and, like... The drive, it was driver's choice for music. So we just listened to reggae for like 18 hours and it was just like, it was a lot of fun, but at the same time, like, I would rather be really broke and buy a plane ticket than sit in a car for that long, especially a small little car with three dudes.
0: I will have to tell you that <laughs> that is a tremendous advantage to be able to go via flight. Where someone like me, you jam me in a seat and it's like, okay, this is going to be uncomfortable for two two hours. (laughs) I guess I'd rather be uncomfortable for two hours than 18 hours. Do you watch a lot of the coverage now? Oh,
1: yeah. I love going, um, like, whenever there's a tournament, even if it's, you know, any of the Grand prix in, you know, Japan or anything, I love going on daily Magic the Gathering and reading the coverage. Like, they have so many great coverage writers. I just, I could seriously sit there and just hit refresh all day and just be like, did they post, did they update? Oh, oh, they did. Yes. You know, and I love watching uh, the Star City coverage. Like they have really good hosts that are, you know, really fun and stuff like that. And like I enjoy watching magic so much. Like I love just sitting there like leaning back in my chair, you know, like a soda, maybe some popcorn. Like I'd rather sit and watch people play magic than probably go to a movie.
0: What are you going to school
1: for? I'm actually going to school for advertising. Originally I was in school for English and I just, you know, I took a break for a couple of years to really concentrate on um, professional gaming, mm-hmm. specifically for uh, Warcraft 3 Dota. And I also had, you know, this really great internship, well, semi-internship kind of with um the Frag Dolls. Yes. And that's where the the FDC comes in my name, so I was a Frag Doll cadet, you know, for I think it was the spring 10 semester. And so, you know, I got the chance to, like, do some traveling, uh, learn a lot about the video gaming industry. And, you know, because of that, like, after I took this break from, you know, studying English, it definitely was like, you know what, I love well, I love games. Like, any type of game, like, I'm pretty much addicted to it. I love board games. I love, you know, video games. I just like – I think I'm addicted to winning a little bit. And so, you know, having a career – Somewhere in gaming would be awesome, and I think with an advertising degree, promoting gaming or promoting a game that I really love would be awesome.
0: Did you leave your resume it Was to the coast while you were there?
1: Oh, no. <laughs> I was just <laughs> – <laughs> maybe I should have. <laughs> but, no, um you know, I was there, like, I considered it kind of like a fun, almost like a vacation almost. And so the last thing on my mind was, you know, I need to harass them to give me a job. You know what I mean? I, I, was, I was going more into it like, you know, I'm going to have the most awesome weekend with an amazing group of people, and I'm going to play magic, and I'm going to eat awesome food and ride the ducks and get free magic cards, and I'm just going to have a blast. Like, the last thing on my mind that week was, like, I need a job. You know what I mean? It was more like, this is just pure... Awesomeness. I know I use that word a lot in describing it, but I really feel like that that word adequately describes the whole experience in one simple word.
0: There are a lot of people that would have, and I'll put myself in that same category, would have loved to be sitting at that position at the Community Cup. I mean, it could be one of those moments in time for you that it's this is just beyond special.
1: Yeah, I just I really can't stress enough how important it is to like put yourself out there. You know what I mean? Like if you want to go to the community cup, like you just got to put yourself out there and be like, "You know, I really want to go." And you know, writing blogs, like doing what you're doing, doing like an amazing podcast is definitely going to help. You know what I mean? Like I know I definitely didn't expect to be chosen. And like that just that just shows that really like they're just going to pick people who are really passionate about this game and are passionate about giving back to the community. Because I know everyone there was kind of like, you know, I was like, did you expect, you know, to be chosen to be, you know, sent here? And everyone was like, no. it's It was such a surreal, like, kind of like dream state experience. You know what I mean? Like, you just, you would never expect, you know, you do a lot of stuff that you do because you love the game, and to be rewarded in such a way was like, you know, why was I doing this earlier? And so I just can't stress to anyone who might be listening, like, you know, write blogs, volunteer to podcast, you know, go out of your way to be like, hey, you know, magic is a great game. Because you'd be surprised, like, I think they have eyes, like, everywhere and they're watching everything, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so, like, they're, you know, they're the little person behind your shoulder watching you do what you do, you know what I mean? Just like. Just, you know, have fun with it. Like, you love the game, and I think Wizards of the Coast can see that, and I love the fact that they want to give back to the people that, you know, are willing to do that. You know what I mean?
0: If you are going to Star City Games Open Atlanta, you need to find out who the commentators are and message them ahead of time and tell them you're going. And I can guarantee you, if it's any one of them that have, they can pull you into the booth and get you on in between rounds to talk about magic and the community cup experience, and that alone, you would absolutely love.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm just gonna actually when when they're broadcasting, I think I'm just gonna actually like sneak up behind them and like bam, and then like run away. I think you know that'll that'll be a good good way to promote my name.
0: <laughs> no, 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 I'm, I'm serious. If you most of the guys there, and especially if it's at a GP, if you're at a GP. Unless they have someone in the booth guesting, like for some reason if there's a pro who bombed out, they love bringing in people that have a story to tell. And you have quite the exciting story to tell. I'll put that out there for you because then if you definitely get on there, I got a feeling you'll have more than a few eyeballs that'll go, hey, I know who that is. Oh, no. No, 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 no. You got a picture of yourself holding that cup. Is the cup really that big?
1: I'm actually – so I'm only, like, 5'3". Okay. And so I think it may – actually, the cup is pretty big, but I think for the fact that I'm actually a little short, it makes it look even more gigantic. Because I know some people joke around, they're like, oh, that cup's, you know, taller than she is. And it's it's not that the cup is super gigantic, it's that I'm actually kind of a little short. Like, when you see it in someone like, um, you know, uh, Chris Cool's or Marshall's hands, like, it looks fine. Like, it's like, oh, that's a nice, you know – slightly above-average, you know, giant trophy. Whereas with me, it definitely looked like this kind of gigantic, dwarfing, golden object of giganticness. You know what I mean? Like, I it definitely, I definitely looked kind of small compared to the, tro- uh, the trophy.
0: What do they give you as a thing for winning the Cup?
1: Well, um, throughout the weekend, or throughout the week, actually, they kind of just threw swag at us. Like, it was, like, raining... Free awesome magic stuff. Like, I know when we first got there, they actually gave us this bag, and I was like, oh, a bag, sweet. There might be something in it that's awesome. And there was, like, a full set of New Phyrexia, a full set of M11. We got, um, like, sleeves. We got, um, deck boxes. They gave us, um, like, a draft set. And then also, um, one night we actually went to Card Kingdom for, for, like, the, the Commander, Commander event. Mm-hmm. And like, I actually never played Commander before, and I wasn't planning on playing till actually the Commander Precons came out, and they actually gave us one of those two. And like, seriously, everywhere you turned, there was like a promo card being like flung in your face. Like, you just, you couldn't even walk, hide from it. Like, everywhere you go, like, if you were in the bathroom, like, there'd be like a promo Liliana Vest, like, sitting there looking at you. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like...
0: <laughs> everywhere. You use the dryer. Here comes a Liliana Vess out.
1: Hey. Yeah, it just shoots out and, you know, cuts you a little bit because, you know, it's, like, <laughs> flying at you. And I know they gave us each of the uh, the promo Titans
0: oh. for,
1: um, you know, for the Duels of the Planeswalkers 2012. Like, they gave us, you know, the Inferno, the Grave, and um, the Frost Titans. And I was so happy because I was totally planning on buying, like, a couple <laughs> copies of each game for the Titans. <laughs> And so I was like, sweet, this totally cuts that, you know, it cuts that number down. (laughs) And my rare binder went from, like, really crappy to, like, super awesome in a period of, like,
0: four days. You know, I didn't hear about that. Nobody talked about the swag. Does it seem like they didn't kind of thing? You guys had to bring up all the fun stuff that happened, and it's almost like they're being modest about
1: it. Yeah, they definitely, you know, I think that was one of the really cool things about the people that worked at Wizards of the Coast. Like, they were... Like, seriously, the nicest group of people you would ever meet. Like, you would think like, oh, these guys are so used to us, you know, fangirls and fanboys coming up being like, oh my gosh, we love you guys. But they were just like, you know, they were just excited that we were there. And it was, it was so awesome to see that, you know, they're normal people who love the game. And they're excited that you love the game and you're, you know, you're promoting their game. And they were just, so nice like you just wouldn't expect it you know what I mean like they have like your dream job and I'm sure they get harassed by people all the time but they're just you know normal super awesome super kind people and like you know I talk to some of them still on Facebook or um MTGO and like we'll even do like practice matches online uh like with uh Chris Carrots he was um the person that actually emailed us and he actually drove us around uh Seattle when we ever had to like leave or anything or go anywhere and he was actually the the person that picked me up at the airport and I was like I was like Chris I need like a Walmart or CVS because you know I left some stuff at home and like I felt so bad you know what I mean so I was like this guy <laughs> is too busy to take me to like Trader Joe's or Walmart and he was like oh yeah of course let's go and you know I totally dragged him around like the makeup aisle and I could tell that it was just like he was just like, he's like, oh my gosh, but he was still like, still so polite about it. You know what I mean? And like, they deserve to have a great fan base. You know, they they do such a good job, and they're just such welcoming and awesome people.
0: So, do you have like direct phone numbers to people I can contact? <laughs> oh no, <laughs> <laughs> no Mark Rollswater on speed dial or something like that.
1: Yeah, that's like second date information. I don't get that still. I don't get that till later.
0: Oh, you're killing <laughs> me, second. Oh man. So what you're trying to say is you're you're campaigning you're campaigning already for next year's community cup. Oh
1: no, no. I I think like it would feel so weird. Like of course I would love to go again. Like of course I want to go every day. But like I feel like it's such a great experience that like I just want everyone to go. You know what I mean? I know this might sound strange, but I just want people to be like, you know go, go do something about how much you love Magic the Gathering and Magic the Gathering online, and get get chosen for this. you know, get nominated for it. like i just I can't press that point enough. I know I might sound like I've said that a couple of times, but I just i can't I can't even begin to explain how awesome the experience was. and I just I just want people to go out there and blog or just post on Twitter about how awesome it is, you know.
0: Let's talk about your blog. To find updates on being hit on and in in being hit oh, on the tournaments no. or whatever's on your mind.
1: Um, I actually blog on the um, Wizards Community website, so it's community.wizards.com. Okay. And you can just search for my name, uh, SUNY S U N I E, and I think it actually pops up under the featured tab. And so, I mean, it's it's definitely a great resource. They have a lot of really awesome, you know, writers. If you're fans of, like, um, D&D or any other, you know, parts of the Wizards of the Coast family tree, you know what I mean? Like, you can go on there, and there's, like, really fun blogs. And I know, um, like, a lot of Wizards of the Coast people actually have blogs on there, too. And it's just a really fun resource to kind of mess around with, like, and... I don't know, I've met some really cool people on there. Like, I've done some really, like, kind of inspiring messages, you know what I mean? Like, one guy wrote a message to me, and he was like, you know, you inspired me to come back to Magic after not playing for a couple years. And I don't know, like, reading that made me, like, tear up a little bit just because it's like, you know, I want people to play this game. I want people to have fun with it, you know what I mean? And so to hear that someone actually read my blog, and I was like, you know, I appreciate it. It was like it was like, man, I feel so awesome right now. You know what I mean? Like, I just I just feel so so helpful.
0: Have you been peeking at the uh, M12 spoilers? Yes. Okay. Every day. Every, Every day. day.
1: Every day. Everywhere. I'm just like, anymore. Any more. I need okay.
0: More. All right. Well, more obviously spoilers. today, you know, they released the fact that the. Uh, the dual lands kind of will be back. Some grow Grove, Bump Crag, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. How do you feel about those being in a core set?
1: Well, um, I actually did like this really terrible trade when I was getting back into Magic. I actually had like the spoiled Jace the Mind Sculptor, and I didn't really know Worldwake that well. And I was like, oh sweet, this card's pretty cool looking, you know. And I just I didn't really understand how awesome it was. And this was only when it was like when normal and Jace was, like, 50 bucks. Yeah. But it still, you know, it still had, like, really good value. And my friend totally gave me, like, well, he's not really my friend, if you think about it. But he, he didn't really give me the best trade for it, and I got a lot of those, like, lands. And so I'm very happy that I'll actually be able to maybe use them. Yeah. I, know, <laughs> I know that's terrible, but I was like, nice, sweet, I have, like, a bunch of these. This is awesome. I'll actually be able to use these, possibly.
0: What are the few of the cards... That have made you excited about the core set.
1: Okay, I know this is really weird, but I actually there's this uncommon called Turn to Frog. I don't know. I don't know if you saw that one. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I seriously laughed for like 30 minutes when I saw that card. Like target creature loses all abilities and becomes a one-one blue frog until end of turn, and then the flavor text is ribbit. Like. How awesome is that card? Could you imagine using that, being like, actually, that's a frog. Your titan is a frog. Deal with it. You know what I mean? And just doing something like, like, bolting it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I feel like drafting, you know, M12 is going to be so fun. Like, I just, I can't wait. It looks so juicy.
0: That is a functional reprint of a card that was one in either green or blue. And it would turn target creature into a snake, a one <laughs> snake, and it would lose its abilities to end the turn. It's interesting to see they functionally reprinted it like that. Yes, you could do that in a shock, and down would go a titan.
1: Yeah, it's just I like the art on it too. It's like a like a little blue frog like crawling out of armor, you know, and he looks so serious. But I just I like I like kind of funny, you know. Could you imagine playing with someone and they're like really serious, and you're like actually? I'm going to turn that into a frog. You know, like, I feel like that would ruin someone's day. Like, <laughs> you know, in, like, a terrible way. Like, they're like, yeah, I'm going to win. It's going to be awesome. But actually, no, that's a frog. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a little goofy, but I just, I kind of like, like, things like that that are just kind of, like, clever and funny. And the art in M12 looks really amazing, too. There's so many, like, really stunning
0: cards. What other ones have caught your eye, even art-wise or just card-wise?
1: Um, I think... Uh, visions of beyond it's the uh the one blue draw card and then if um like if your graveyard has 20 or more cards in it, you draw three cards instead like i just that sounds like you can do so much like fun stuff with that you know what i mean like i just like the ideas of brewing decks that are based around putting stuff you know into your graveyard like i know with innistrad it kind of looks like it's gonna be more of like a darker set like are we gonna have like crazy dredge things happening again you know what i mean And, like, the art on Visions of Beyond is really awesome, too. Like, I'm looking at it now, and I'm just like, I want this card in my hand. I want to stick it to my wall and look at it all day or have it on a playmat or something. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I love great magic art.
0: And ironically, that was the card that Luis got to release. So your fellow Community Cup teammate actually got to release that card in the preview that was his card which is not ironic that you give the player <laughs> age the ability to draw more cards <laughs> there's that window of time when M11 and M12 will be together along with our current set yeah how much fun is it for someone like you that looks at deck building not as i have to play deck x to be able to have two core sets and what you said based on your drafting a real fun set the draft and put that together and make a standard deck out of it.
1: I'm I'm really excited actually about playing Red Deck Wins.
0: <laughs> I know I know
1: a lot of people have been talking about it and it's been everyone's been like Red Deck Wins, Red Deck Wins. And it's there's just so many like really neat cards coming out and I just I want to make a goblin deck, you know what I mean? Like I just want to make all these like strange themed decks and just have like, you know, a lot of fun with it like I want to find a use for, like, my terrible Chandra, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, and I, they're reprinting Chandra, right?
0: Yes, but they haven't said what it's going to be yet. You
1: no, know, so maybe I'll have, like, two Chandras, you know? Like, I'm really hoping it's, like, a really strong female, you know, planeswalker. Like, I'm really, I'm really hoping that it's, like, oh, my God, Chandra will be usable. You know what I mean? Because I love Cough, And, like, wouldn't it be really cute to have, like, a Cough and Chandra deck that just does things and wins games? Maybe maybe, maybe I'm thinking about it from the wrong, wrong perspective.
0: No, but. no, no, no. You talk about the fact that there's a small window of time where you can have Lightning Bolt, Shock, Incinerate, and grim Lava Mancer, which oh, will take got... those Lightning Bolts and turn them into more things you can spit at.
1: Yeah. Like Lava Axe. Like, I know oh, Lava gosh. Axe is not a good card.
0: No, but, but so many quick spells.
1: Yeah, like, there's just... There's just so many things you can use just to be like, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you're at 20 life? Well, actually, you're at zero life. You know, and I like, I like burning people with, with all these crazy spells, and I just, you know, I like goblins and stuff like that. I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm just a, like a little kid or something, but I just love, like, these kind of fun, goofy deck ideas. And I know it's, it, it might be goofy, but when you look at RDW, like, it's definitely, I think, gonna be, one of the stronger, you know, post-ban lists with these sets.
0: Goblins that attack will even use Goblin Guide as an example. Goblin Guide hits, first turn, second turn, play second Goblin Guide, swing at both, hit for that, use Goblin Grenade, now they're down 11. And yeah. And turn two.
1: Because <laughs> so, I know at a point, like, you know, you're playing, like, um, the Goblin Guide, and, like, you just can't swing at them anymore. You know what I mean? And so I feel like... The goblin grenade is like, oh, I have a way to actually get rid of this guy and make it so you take, like, 100 damage to your face. You know <laughs> what I mean? So it's like, I'm, I'm really excited about, like, all these, like, neat combat tricks you're going to be able to do now. And you're actually going to be able to, like, really surprise people because everyone's going to be like, oh, you're playing a red and there's so many things they could put into it now that it's going to be, like, very surprised.
0: The Goblin Arsonist, when it dies, you may have to deal one damage to the target creature or player. I will sacrifice it for five. Oh, and it does another one for six.
1: Yeah, just, just in case you want to take more damage. <laughs>
0: just in case. Uh, when you're dealing with someone who is a deck builder, you can tell there's a different kind of passion for it. The wheels are always turning. And you said the kind of same thing he did when it came to deck building. I'm always thinking about something. I'm always, something's brewing in my head. It seems to be the common scenario. And about a year ago, we had one Mr. Patrick Chapin that said, People who are innovating decks is a dying breed. And it's good to hear that there are still people out there that are willing to push the edge of the envelope. And I think that's the category that you fall in, that you're willing to push the envelope, even if it doesn't work. You fall down 90 times. It's the 91st time you get up and nail it, it's all that matters.
1: I think one of the things why deck building is kind of, like, not as, you know, huge as it used to be is because there's so many sources online that you can use. And, you know, you don't really need to work on it because, you know, oh, I can just go online and there's a Kibler deck list already finished. You know what I mean? And so I think at times it can be a little bit troublesome, but I know with TCG player and stuff like that, you can go online and they have, like, a pretty a live forum with, you know, different different deck archetypes. And so there's still a lot of people who are brewing. I just wish there was more people brewing. Because I know I haven't built anything crazy awesome yet, but for a long time I was a casual player. And there's nothing more fun than, you know, sitting with your friends, building ridiculous deck ideas, and then just testing. I, mean, I think that's why Commander is such a really fun format. Because I know there's some really strong competitive commander decks, but when it comes down to it, commanders about hanging out with your friends, doing crazy, goofy things, you know, killing everybody in one turn. Things like that is what I really enjoy about Magic, and I think sometimes people forget that Magic is a game as well, and you're supposed to have fun. Winning, of course, is a lot of fun, but you shouldn't forget that it's still a game.
0: You talked about playing all sorts of different types of games. And you referred to chess as you didn't want the match to be like a game of chess. How much chess have you played?
1: I've played a little bit of chess. Probably not as much as I should do appreciate the game. But I just, I like variation. I like seeing different things. And I know with chess there's a lot of different possible outcomes that can happen. But, you know, I want to see crazy deck lists that do well you know what i mean i don't want to i don't want to sit there and watch watch a chess match i want to watch you know innovation like you said earlier that word i want to watch something different and unique and and i want to be like oh my god that's that's the coolest idea i've ever seen in my life you know i just want to mix it up a little bit
0: you said you like board games what is a board game that gives you that same kind of reaction
1: I'm kind of all over the place on board games. Every couple of like weeks or so I get together with my friends and we play like different games like Arkham Asylum, which is like based on like H.P. Lovecraftian Cthulhu horror action. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you I don't know if you follow any of that stuff and I
0: know what it is. I play an awful lot of board games, so you're barking up the right tree here.
1: <laughs> and, and I really like um uh, Settlers of Catan. Yes. I just there's just something about playing a game and, and just beating people. That's just so awesome.
0: I will make, <laughs> I will make one recommendation it. to you if you've not played this okay. game. It's called Carcassonne.
1: Carcassonne. I've heard of it.
0: It is... If you play tournament rules, <clears throat> which would not be surprising, what you do is you start with a, like a little square, and you have to build based on tiles, but the tiles are random. And when you play tournament instead of just playing one and then drawing one, you play with three and drop one. So you can actually start pre-planning out where you want to go. Mm -hmm. And played at the most competitive level or one of the higher competitive levels, it can become this game of really, really, really rough cutthroat. I mean, you could be setting up your place, your little thing, and gaining all these points and all it takes is one person slowly moving, working their way and all suddenly you're not paying attention and they've connected into you. Oh no. They go, oh, by the way I have five here and you only have four, so now it's mine. So it can change on a drop of a dime. It's a game that definitely fits your play style and I highly, highly recommend it. If someone has it play it because it is every game is completely random. The version of magic except for you're playing with six people or four people instead of two. Which can Yeah it be-
1: definitely sounds interesting. Like yeah. I'm I'm like I'm like looking for it right now on BoardGameGeek.com. Yeah absolutely
0: that's the site to go to that is <laughs> the like, site to go to.
1: I love that site like have you played the Battlestar Galactica board game?
0: No, I have not played that one. There's been mm-hmm. The desire to win—you talked about that. What if being competitive on the the fragile circuit? If I could give you the opportunity right now to be day two at a GP or in the final group of one of those tournaments, which would you do and why?
1: Either be day two or be in the final like group.
0: The like final the- group team—that's team competition, correct? You, 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 the frag thing is team. Oh, team. oh, um, yeah. yeah the,
1: the frag doll cadets um, are kind of like a separate, separate group from the frag dolls. Okay. And so I know a lot of us girls have competed in different games and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so you're asking me if I be day two for a grand prix, or or be like doing really well at a team-based video game, right?
0: Which would put you on yeah. at the highest level. They get. I talked to Rashad about this. A Mortal Kombat tournament can put 20,000 people watching it. Oh,
1: man, that's a tricky question. I think, to be honest, I'd actually... I think I'd actually pick the Grand Prix. The Day 2 at a Grand Prix. Okay. I just... Like, I know team games are completely different from personal games. And, like, with Magic, it's it it all comes down to you. And I think a solo game at times a little bit, a little bit harder just because like there's so much pressure that you're just putting on yourself. Like as much fun as it is competing with the team and doing things like that, I just, magic has been such a major part of my life for, for the last year. And ever since I started playing it back in Ravnica block, it's always been kind of like the thing that's been there in my life. And, and day twoing at a grand prix would just be, you know, ideal. It would be extremely fun. It would be extremely challenging. You'd be playing against the best players at the game. It would be such an opportunity, you know, cause sometimes in magic you run really hot or you run really cold. And that, that one time you're running really hot, like you want to, you're gonna prove yourself, but I think in a game like Magic, where there's so much just like thinking involved and so much skill involved, it would just be so awesome today too. But at the same time with video games, especially in a team based game, you have your teammates depending on you to do really well and there's usually a lot of money on the line for like video game tournaments and stuff like that. But I think I think I would actually pick the day two at a Grand Prix, yeah.
0: Cool. Do you wanna play in Magic?
1: I don't know if there's really any pros specifically I want to play against because when it comes down to it, we're all just we're all just people. Yeah. And and I mean I'd rather maybe not play against them, but maybe, you know, just hang out with any pro like hanging out with LSV was really awesome. Like being able to turn around and be like, Hey LSV, would you take this or would you take this? And he'd be like, Oh I'll take that And you're like, Oh wow, I would never have thought of that. You know what I mean? And so I don't know if there's really one that I would pick. There's a lot of players that I definitely respect, and i I love going to Channel Fireball. I love going to Star City and TCG players and any of the websites out there just reading coverage or reading you know their deck ideas and stuff like that. But it'd be really cool to just spend like a day just hang out with a bunch of pros and watching them just just not even talking to them, just sitting down and watching them play if that makes sense. I don't know if that's creepy sounding, but just sitting there being like, oh, wow, that's, you know, being able to be like, why why'd you do that? You know, why would you do this instead of this?
0: Well, that is ironically what I was doing down at Dallas. So I don't know if you'd call it creepy. I'd call it (laughs) that has a very high interest in it and wants to learn from or observe the best at what they do. It is a unique opportunity. And especially, in your case, now that Luis knows you, the next time you run into him, he'll know who you are. And therefore, the guys all tend to hang out together. And I'm using the generic term. They all kind of hang out together in large packs and in between rounds and before matches start. So the next one you're at where they're at, it would not be difficult for you to be hanging around listening and hearing stories. And hearing them playtest against each other, and watching them make uh, gentlemen's agreements. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, gentlemen's agreements.
1: Yeah, gen- what are what are gentlemen's agreements? Are you going to explain this further, or is this like some secret? Oh, this you know, secret is this, magic tech.
0: I can't explain that to you because <laughs> if the eyes and ears of wizards are listening, I could get in real trouble.
1: <laughs> oh no. <laughs>
0: No, it's that just
1: terrible. No, no,
0: no, 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 no. There's just uh, there's.
1: Oh. I know what GP Dallas. Yes. When I was there, like I definitely saw a lot of pros walking around, mm-hmm. and as much as I wanted to be like, oh my gosh, I read your last article on Star City and it was awesome, I had to like kind of rein myself in. You know what I mean? I didn't want to be, I didn't want to go up to people and be like, I am such a huge fan because I know when you when you do that, you just kind of come off more as like a fan. Fangirl or fanboy or whatever, and I just I wanted to be known first that you know I could actually play the game.
0: I don't think there's any questions of it after the community Cup. Is there?
1: I I hope hope not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say uh, if, if that has not resolved any issues, but what do you think the next calendar year of Magic could bring to you?
1: Oh, I don't even I don't even know. There's just there's so much opportunity with a game like Magic that it's Every, every step has been kind of a surprise so far. And I'm definitely curious to see what's going to happen in the next year. Cause I know it's been a good couple of years for, for the game. And I just, I love the possibility of opportunity. And I know it's important to keep working hard for those opportunities. So, you know, hopefully I do day two a, a GP. Hopefully I top eight a GP. You know what? I wouldn't mind winning a GP. That would definitely. Not be something I would, you know, I would not mind that at all. Not even a little bit. I would actually like that a lot. And so. <laughs> yeah. There's just, I'm sure a lot of people would like that. And I think it's, it's good to be like, to set, to actually set goals for yourself. Like, you know, my next goal is definitely day two. And from there, who knows where, where the game could take me.
0: On that note, it has been a, another episode of the Moon Magic, and we are signing out.